Hi, this is Sylvia, and this is Out Loud a Gizmo, a saying my dad made up. This is a storytelling podcast where you will experience excitement and laughter and mind-blowing adventures. I have my sister Brenda here with me again today. She is the second youngest of Dave Pickett's children. Hi, Brenda. Hello, Sylvia. Have you reread Daddy's book? Oh, I've read it up until page 50, which is chapter 20, right after Mom and Daddy got married. All right. It's just such a joy reading it over again, even. Yeah. Because he had so many stories that he told. The fact that he remembered them all, that was just amazing. Uh, Well, remembering this stuff is probably not so difficult because they were so traumatic, some of them. So you would remember, but the thing that's really amazing is he remembers names first and last of everybody. Oh, that's true. And dates even. Yeah, we're going to be listening to this chapter and then we'll come back. Okay. We'll be right back. Chapter 2 The house we lived in was made out of logs with the cracks filled with mud. It had a fireplace made of adobe bricks. It kept us warm, and wood was no problem. Grandpa and Guy had a little ice house in Tom. They had a large ice cream freezer. On holidays and weekends, they sold ice cream cones. Sometimes they would take us kids down and treat us to ice cream cones. Well, it's about time to move again. But this time it's a little different. We got a letter from Uncle Charlie telling Papa that his father-in-law had a farm for rent across the road from him. That is all it took. Papa got a covered wagon ready and put a bed in it, a box for groceries and a barrel for water, and a few pots and pans. There, Papa, Mama, me, Viva, Inez, and two good horses to pull us, went heading back to Arkansas, Beach Grove that is. This is early spring 1924. We would stop beside the road and Mama would cook our meal, and when the sun went down, we stopped and slept for a while. For breakfast we had sour belly and biscuits made in a Dutch oven, eggs and potatoes. Then we'd be off again for another day. One day, Papa had to have shoes put on the horses. Their feet got sore from walking on the hard road every day. Another day, we came to the White River. It had a large bridge with overhead steel frame and a sign that said, Automobiles Only. But Papa couldn't read very good, so he drove the team up on the bridge, and he noticed it had big holes in the center with narrow walkways on each side. Mama told Papa what the sign said. So Papa got out of the wagon and got in front of the horses and told us to get out of the wagon and off the bridge. He made the horses back up until they were free of the bridge. (laughs) Then we all got in and forded the river. The water was up to the bed and the horses were almost swimming. I guess that was the most frightening thing that happened to us on the trip so far. (laughs) One of the saddest things to happen was when Papa traded one of the horses off for another one. We all liked the one he traded, but it got to where it could hardly walk. One time we were pulling into a town, and there was a dark storm cloud coming. There was a sign that said, Wagon Yard. So Papa drove in. It's the first time on the trip we had been under a roof. But it was a good thing, because it rained and hailed, and the wind blew. But that was the safest feeling sleep we had on the trip, and I hated to leave the next morning. But we did. Later we saw the biggest peaches we ever saw. 
We were going through Highland Peach Orchard with peaches on both sides of the road for miles. That was 1924 and they still have orchards there today, in 1995. Well, we are only a day or two away from Beech Grove and Uncle Charlie's. That will make us all happy, especially Mama. It must have been a hard trip for her, taking care of three small kids. Finally, we got there. Aunt Esther was still in bed after having a baby. Laureen was her name, and we moved in with them for about two months. I know Aunt Esther was not happy about it. Now I look back at it, and I can see her side. And I can also see our side. Oh well, the good Lord will make everything all right in the end time. I'm sure. We moved to a little farm across the road from Uncle Charlie that belonged to Aunt Esther's dad, Mr. Owens. Papa started plowing the land with a turn and plow. I kept after Papa to let me plow. One day he did. He put the lines around my waist and hands on the plow handles and told me to hold it straight and tight. Well, I did, until the plow hit a root of a bush and threw me four or five feet out in the plowed ground. That ended my plowing. I was seven years old. I started school at Lone Star School of Beech Grove, Arkansas. We stayed on the Owen Place about four months until Papa got the crop planted. Then we moved to Mr. Davis's place. And Ruth was born on May 4, 1925. That's baby number seven now, and four were living. Poor mama. I remember one day I was splitting wood for the stove with a hatchet, and I split my finger open. Mama got some soot out of the stovepipe and filled the cut with it and wrapped it up. Just another country remedy, I guess, because it worked very well. I still have the scar to prove it. Us kids in the neighborhood would choose sides and have war games. Throwing corn cobs at one another at Davis's barnyard. I could throw a corn cob real straight. I could also throw a rock pretty straight. One day I was playing in the road, throwing rocks, when Barney Ward, the truant officer who lived up the road a ways, came down the road in his Model T Ford. One of my rocks caught the middle of his windshield. I always wanted to be a baseball pitcher, but somehow that stopped me from throwing and sitting down too, for a while, if you know what I mean. That windshield cost Papa three dollars. The reason I remember that so well is Papa tattooed it on my brain. Well, it's time to move again, and we moved to another place not far from there. Papa is doing odd jobs. Time has really been hard on him and it's not even the depression yet. I still go to the Lone Star School. I have a hard time fitting in at school because the kids make fun of my name and call me Picket Fence and Crockett for Davy Crockett and they would call me Patches because I had patches on my pants and they were well worn. They would be in style in 1995. But I told Mama I didn't want to go to school anymore unless I got some new britches, so she told Papa not to make me go to school. I don't know how long I was out of school. But one day Barney Ward, the truant officer, came out and asked Papa, Why isn't the boy in school? 
Papa said, because he doesn't have clothes fit to wear. Mr. Ward said, they want you to get that boy back in school. Papa said, I want you to get out of here and don't come back here. He took Papa at his word and left. Well, I finally got some new clothes and went back to school. William and Henry Owens, Aunt Esther's brothers, would take up for me. The other boys were good to me when they were around here. One night we went to the store in Beech Grove. While William and Henry were buying groceries, I stayed outside where some more kids were. It was the same kids that William and Henry had told to leave me alone. But I guess they had forgotten about it. One of them hit me in the belly as hard as he could and ran. I stayed doubled up for a while. Then I went in the store. Mama said, Where have you been? I said, Outside. I didn't tell her I was learning how to breathe again. I mean, these stories, if I were to write them as though they were fiction, some of them they may not believe. I <laughs> know. Uh, this chapter, you know, Daddy, you like to pitch and you like to throw rocks. <laughs> he oh, broke yes. the rock, rock of the windshield. Then he, he was, of the truant officer of all people. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and it cost them $3 to get it fixed. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> God. He wanted to be a pitcher, but he said... He said, the reason I remember this so well is because Papa tattooed it on my brain. <laughs> and it wasn't his brain. I think it was his sitting down thing. He said. I do. <laughs> it was wonderful growing up with Daddy, wasn't it? Yes. I mean, he did, what's interesting to me is I don't remember hearing any of these stories when I was growing no. up. It was only no. when he did his memoirs that we're listening to now. Isn't that amazing? Amazing, but for him at the time, they were scary. Yeah. Yeah, for his dad to do whatever he had to do to get him money to ride a bus so he didn't have to hitchhike. I just can't even imagine it. I mean, we yeah. lived in a world where we had things handed to us in a way, and yeah. we didn't live in a real rich house at all, but it was absolutely rich compared to the way he grew up. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at some of these, and this time... Some people had cars, but they still had wagons, and they had friends and rich relatives, maybe, that had cars. <laughs> yeah, because you would hear a car mentioned every once in a while, yeah. but it wasn't theirs. No. Uncle Charlie's, I don't know, somebody's. They would hire people, friends, to move them with their cars because they didn't have one. And with all the moving that they did. Yeah. Because that was and, one of his catchphrases. Well, we're moving again. <laughs> yeah, and they probably had to leave things behind each time because you know how you collect things and then you got to get what you can in a vehicle with five kids or six kids, whatever there were at the time. And you always end up having to leave stuff behind. He didn't mention that, but I'm sure they did. It has to start over. They just took what they had to have to get from one place to another. He said that in 1927 there were earthquakes and hailstorms. And, you know, we're talking today about things happening like, oh, this is the storm of the century. But they were having that stuff back then, too. Floods and storms and 
I agree, because I've heard about Daddy and Mama talking about stuff that happened way back when. Well, he talked about they were in Arkansas and there was a flood and that they had to have firewood and stuff and that our great-grandpa and our grandpa go out and make a raft to cut wood down to take it home to cut it into firewood. But when the flood waters finally went down and they went back out, the stumps were 10 feet high, which means they were cutting off trees wow. that were up 10 feet high. <laughs> Goodness. That's how big the flood was. Do you remember where that was? It's chapter three. Oh, in Arkansas. You, okay. Yeah. Wow. They were ten miles away from the Arkansas River bottom. He didn't say what the town was, but then they it's around the Beach Grove area because then they moved back to Beach Grove, back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Brenda, it looks like the time is getting away from us. It was really nice having you share on this podcast and us having our memories and hope that everybody it. else enjoy these stories as much as we yeah. do. Yeah. And there's a lot more chapters to go, so I'll be bringing you back again later, I'm sure. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you, you Brenda. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Please come back to hear all of the many different stories of my dad's life. Each chapter and episode will take you on adventures as he grows up. And don't forget to press subscribe so you can come back and listen to the real-life stories. Because I want you to be able to envision his world through your ears. And goodness gracious, out loud a gizmo, you're in for a wonderful adventure. Bye-bye now. This podcast was hosted by Sylvia Gant. Thanks to my dad, Dave Pickett, for writing the stories. A special thanks to Uncle Bill Pickett for the piano music.